Hello, and welcome to the Home for Anime. I am your host, GPC, great podcaster Callie, and it's time for another special episode, courtesy of Crunchyroll. And yeah, on that note, the first thing I want to do is thank Crunchyroll for sending over the movie that I'm going to be talking about today. And this episode is actually going to cover a few things, starting with an apology, because I was wrong. I was wrong. The movie that Crunchyroll sent over was the Quintessential Quintuplets movie, and I am a fan of the Quintessential Quintuplets. However, my first attempt at trying to talk about it was very ill-executed, I should say. I think I might have had a few screws loose and I was trying to go for a more comedic effect. I'm still, tr I was still trying to find my voice. I mean, I still am, you know, you never truly find it. Even when you get into your groove, you're always trying to improve, but I just want to rectify my statements and I want to give a real look at the quintessential quintuplets while at the same time talking about the quintessential quintuplets movie because the quintessential quintuplets movie is actually amazing and it really put into perspective how amazing the series is which i mean it was already good but it's actually really good so the quintessential quintuplets movie is a continuation of season two and it essentially comes to a point where Futuro has to make a choice of who he wants to be his partner of the five quintuplets, uh, Yotsuba, Itsuki, Ichika, Miku, and Nino. And it's, it's surprisingly light on comedy for a romantic comedy. And I think that's because there is a lot of emotional heft to this story that had been kind of well explored throughout the series. But this movie really drove home a lot of themes that I did not know this series could pull off. But by putting everything into perspective, it makes an entire narrative that, of course, this being a finale movie makes it feel complete, but also just so well worth the watch, which is great because this movie clocks in at two hours and 15 minutes, if you include the credits, which the credits are definitely worth watching. There's no post credit scene, but it's still worth watching. The way that this movie presents Futuro making his final decision is kind of unique. I couldn't tell if I was in some sort of hypothetical situation or not, because this all takes place during a school festival where Futuro openly admits that he loves all of them, but he knows that he has to make a choice. And that by the third day of the festival, at the end, he would make his choice. And it seems like at first, oh, he's going to do a cop-out. He's not really going to choose anyone. But as it turns out, he's really been thinking about this this entire time. And 
even though it takes him a bit, he really thinks hard and it's it's weird you don't you don't really see that much of a conflict in him it's more so a hesitation because he knows who he's going to hurt but there are signs way early on that just keep getting more and more evident as to which quintuplet he's going to choose which I am happy to say Futuro did not fumble the bag. I mean, there's no way that he could have. They're all great, which is one of the things I wanted to rectify. Uh, Ichika is actually a pretty cool character, very supportive sister. And yeah, she did some things I didn't like, but it actually made the story more interesting. And I have to appreciate that. But Futuro essentially gets his time with each of the quints during the festival and they'll have these situations where it'll say if Futuro were with X quintuplet on the last day. So in my mind I'm thinking, oh okay, so we're going through all these hypotheticals. It's kinda like a Tatami Galaxy type thing. But it wasn't. Apparently all of these things happened because they all tie in together in the end. And all of these different events that I'm thinking are separate are actually all a part of this one long winding road. And at first I was confused, but that's actually a pretty cool way to explore the story. Because by saying that this is who he's spending time with and this is the story that we're focusing on, instead of just doing it, it actually subtracts confusion when you're trying to figure things out later on. Like, oh, wasn't he? And then he, okay. You know what, I'll just, I'll just roll with it. But we don't have to do that. I am honestly surprised that this movie managed to keep my attention for so long because, I mean, I, I ran through the first season of Quintessential Quintuplets so fast and then when the second season aired, I religiously kept up with it every week, even though there was a new studio behind it, there was a new art style, everyone was up in arms because we lost the thighs, and I was like, the, I don't know, I don't really care, it's, it's, just a, it's just a story, it's just a story. But this is, and this is where we kind of get into a bit of spoilers, but I feel like it's necessary because not only does it affect the movie, but things that kind of didn't make sense during the series all come into perspective during the movie, including some random things that I was trying to figure out. Like, in season two, I was so confused because... There's just this random scene where Itsuki tries to kiss Futuro, and I'm like, what? Why? Where did this come from? Like, I know they all like him, but that really came out of nowhere. It was spontaneous, and it just seemed ill-timed. I mean, it was just them, but I got my answer for that in the finale, and 
I was actually surprised because it was a bold move because of who actually did it. But what makes this movie so good and what makes it a fitting conclusion is that we get more backstory into how the quintuplets have lived, how they each came up with the whole individuality concept, and how that shaped their relationship. And I was very surprised to find out that, and again, sorry, spoilers, but this is, this is essential. Quintessential, you could say. No, I'm sorry. But I did not know that the biggest cheerleader was actually the perpetrator behind everybody becoming their own person. I mean, of course, they're still quints, but Yotsuba wanted to distinguish herself. She wanted to be special. But in doing so, she developed this inferiority complex that you can kind of tell throughout the series takes hold of her personality, but you really see how bad it is in the movie because she, throughout the first two seasons, she's the one who's consistently cheering Futuro on, trying to get all the quints on board with him being their tutor. She's always cheering on her sisters to do the things that they want to do. And she's always trying to be very involved in as many things as she can to gain the approval of so many people try to be to try to be a help to as many people as she can be because in, it seems like that's the only thing that she can do in her mind. And that's actually very compelling that the most bubbly character is the one who harbors probably the most pain that doesn't have to do with just academics and Futuro, even though Futuro is actually a huge part of how she got to be where she is because it turns out she was the girl who Futuro met when they were younger. And it also turns out that her crush on Futuro was the longest standing, and he had the most impact on her for a long chunk of her life, which, I mean, that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Yotsuba is, I don't want to say the star of the movie, but I always felt like she was heavily underdeveloped during the show i always thought okay she's she's cool you know i like her i think that she is a great supporting character even though we're essentially supposed to have six main characters i'm like we got five main characters and we've got one great cheerleader but she was in the back for a reason she wants to help people but she doesn't feel like she deserves anything special and that was such a hard thing to 
watch and hear because she is just absolutely charming. I mean, she is probably either my first or second favorite Quint. Mind you, this is me saying that through her being what I thought was a support character, I was like, okay, she's kind of in the running, not really, but she's one of the best. She's easily tied with Miku for best. But it's just so, it's so refreshing. And honestly, I was a bit worried because this is supposed to be this romantic comedy harem, so you're not supposed to think too much about it, or at least that's what I thought. And maybe I'm just reading too much into the series as a whole, but I truly feel like there is this deepness and this nuance to the quintessential quintuplets that you really, and this this might be a chore for some people, and I understand that, but you really do need to absorb the story from beginning to end to understand everything that goes on and to put everything into perspective and understand why Futuro makes the choice that he makes because the Quents are all great and there, there, there's no denying that. But I've seen so many people online say that this is one of the biggest F-ups in anime history and I heavily disagree. In fact, I would dare argue that aside from having to subvert expectations so heavily, because where are they really going to go with this? Where else could they have gone other than the direction that they've gone? It just, it was, it was right. I mean, it felt right. It, it made the most sense, especially because we actually get Futuro's input, which he, he's not just some standard harem protagonist who's completely oblivious to the feelings of everyone around him. He definitely had some emotional growing to do, but he got there and he truly does come to care for all five of them as his friends. And he really does, he, he, like, he, he wasn't kidding. He really did love them. I mean, he still loves them, just in different ways. So it's just really cool to know that, that the writers who helmed this film were able to tell this story, I don't want to say effortlessly. You can tell that there's a lot of effort that's being put into this, but they do such a great job of telling this story and making it break the norms of a standard harem anime because Futuro is not, again, some tone-deaf protagonist. The more that you watch, all of the Quints have depth to them. And I mean, you really see the conclusion 
of that everyone gets rounded out once you get to the movie and it's just so beautiful and i'm not just talking about the story the animation is also great if you were one of the people who was able to look past the animation because of the studio change from seasons one to two the movie is great the movie works really well and also and this is just this is just a personal thing anime is not afraid of sex appeal in any type of capacity any age range we've seen this we know it it's just something that we have to accept um even though certain age ranges certainly do not need that treatment. And these are all characters who we've known since they were 16, 17 years old, and they're adults now. They're 18. And then after the time skip, they're like 23. But I've noticed I had to reflect on my time with the series and realize, and I could be wrong, uh, maybe maybe somebody can contest me on this, but the use of sex is actually very minimal here, and I can honestly say that this is, though not on the same level of Kaguya-sama, nowhere near, this is a psychological, romantic warfare show slash movie because of the deception because of the lies but also because these characters all have to grapple with each other but also elements of themselves and that's just that's just great i really love that i love that about this series so they're not trying to win Fuchiro over with any sort of weird sex appeal or anything like that which is great because that means that we have to focus on the characters personalities we have to focus on their strengths and weaknesses how they grow and develop as characters throughout their time with Futuro and Futuro's time with the Quince and I am just astounded at how again just how well made this movie ended up being and i'm definitely going to read the manga not because i want to see how different it is if there are any major divergences in plot between the two but i'm just i just like manga what can i say and i want to be able to experience this story in as many different ways as I can. But if you're like me and you really like, you know, audio, visual, media, this show, and especially this movie, The Quintessential Quintuplets, is worth watching. And I really, really think that they did an amazing job. I think this is one of the better romance films teen romance films not as great as something like tomical market 
not as great as something like Tomiko Love Story, but for a harem, especially, they they knocked this out of the park. This is great. I love it. I am so excited to own the Blu-ray when it comes out whenever. Who knows? Who knows how licensing and Blu-ray releases work? Well, I kind of do, but that's neither here nor there. I'm getting off topic. Guys, seriously, watch Quintessential Quintuplets. The first two seasons are on Crunchyroll. And if you can see the movie for any reason or in any way, you know, like if it's still in theaters by the time this episode comes out or if it drops on Crunchyroll or if you're able to pick up the Blu-ray, this movie is worth watching. I mean, I... I really, really love this movie. I am so happy that I got to see it. And thank you again, Crunchyroll, for sending it over so that I could talk about it with my kind, cute, beautiful friends. So, guys. I really don't think you'll regret seeing Quintessential Quintuplets um, again. The people who say that this is one of the biggest F-ups in anime history, there are a lot worse contenders, I will say. I think that they handled this very well, very gracefully. I think that this is just a really great story that is told very well. So, yeah. I can say for a fact, I love all the quints. I love Fuchiro. I love the quintessential quintuplet series. And to negate my last point, which I kind of touched on earlier, but I'm just going to say Ichika does not belong to the streets. And all five of them are indeed best girl for that series. Because we all know Botan is best girl in all of anime. And with that being said, if you want to follow me, you can do so on Instagram at AnimeAlphaGoat, or you can email me recommendations at ouranimehome at gmail.com. If you want to support what I'm doing, then please consider uh, donating to the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get access to an exclusive monthly episode. Voting on that episode, because I typically give people two options, and like you can either get this or that, Whoever gets the most votes wins. So this month, it's an episode on genres, one being Slice of Life and the other being Iyashike. And you get access to the patron Discord server where we have some really nice people who exist there, and it never hurts to have more people join the anime family. And I have been your host, GPC, great podcaster, Callie. Thank you again, Crunchyroll. I keep thinking Crunchyroll, but you guys do understand this movie is great. I love it. And thank you all for listening. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful that you listened. And with that, I am out. <laughs>